2: Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Nikki. Welcome to Swipe Fat.
3: Where dating's hard.
2: But dating when you're fat is even harder. I got a match. You got a match. Just Uno Macho. <laughs> Which one was it? It was I almost said his name out loud. <laughs> that was scary. Oops. Oops. Um, it was the
3: guy okay. that, what? I'm going to ask be- based on wh- what we talked about. Was it okay. the one that was that you thought was cute and preoccupied by a girl at the end of the night? Or was it the funny one? Or was it the one you couldn't remember his name?
2: Mm-hmm. It was the funny one.
3: It was the funny one. Okay, you liked that one.
2: Yeah, good banter.
3: Yeah. And then you were unsure because he like closed out and
2: left. Yeah, I think I was really fixated on the first guy Mm -hmm. because i didn't get an opportunity to talk to him um but the more i thought about it the more i think that i liked him because i was the most into him initially Mm -hmm. like i don't want to say a spark but yeah, like I like think attracted I, to. Yeah, I was definitely sexually attracted to him the most out of mm-hmm. anyone there. And so in my mind, because I thought we kept making eye contact, but maybe I was just being weird. um, but We had like a, a, a had a thing. So um I was wrong that we didn't match. So.
3: But you get a match with you match with funny guy.
2: And you no, guys... I know. I'm glad he was. I really liked him. We had good banter. Yeah, that's like the most important thing for me. Yeah. No, I'm excited. So when are you guys going out? What Tomorrow. <gasps> Tomorrow. Yes, we're getting a cocktail. <gasps> and okay. he picked the place. And uh, um, yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, I'm manifesting good
3: things for you. A good Thank date. You. Like Thank a you. fun date.
2: That would be nice.
3: You know, even if he's not the one, he could be just a really fun date
2: totally i mean i already know i think the the good thing about this is like you already know that like that there was like vibes uh, Mm -hmm. so or that like i know that we can at least have a good conversation so i think like no matter what we will have a good conversation again yeah so like that's the good thing about going to some an event like this where you can like just know already that there's like a connection hopefully yeah i say with a question mark. We, thinking good thoughts totally i am thinking good thoughts which is um you know a good theme of today's episode because mm-hmm. we have Sasha Patong on um she is a intuitive and self-love coach um really helps people love themselves more and their decisions um especially people who are like out there seeking guidance on self-love and self self-acceptance so um I found her on Instagram um and I think you probably did too. We mm-hmm. just didn't know that we' both found her um because we saw different content of hers um but i initially <laughs> saw actually saw a, a sappy one that was like the billie eilish um music you know like from barbie movie mm. but it was all about um kind of like the struggle of being a woman and never being good enough like losing the weight not losing the weight like no matter what you're gonna get oh, like yes the one about one too?
3: yes like it was like um if like if you lose the weight you lose more if you're like not eating food you're anorexic, yeah, anorexic but if you're, yeah. you're a pig like you're
2: exactly and yes. I was like that really resonated mm-hmm. with me I think it resonates with most women because I think in at all the scenarios she said like you could see yourself in at least mm-hmm. one or two or three of them right um but she also has like some really funny content but some really like good content about self-love so she's just like multi-domain multi-dimensional and I loved that so we're excited to have her on today. Hi Sasha. Hello. We're so excited to have you on today. I'm so excited. I think Nikki's the most excited because she's excited to get an animal card reading.
3: Well I mean there's there's a lot a lot of things
2: ex- to be excited about
3: but when I didn't know you did animal card readings I just you know knew about you being a self love coach and some of the mormon things and then I saw animal card reading and I was and I my internet was out earlier and so I was trying to watch some of your TikToks and I saw the one where you are your um, reels and I saw the one where you were doing it was a live that you yeah saved and it kept going out all I saw <laughs> is you pulled the oyster card and then I was like but what is an animal card reading
4: you know yeah yeah, it's basically I mean, I use them as tools in my coaching because I feel like sometimes people don't know what to talk about. And so they get overwhelmed. Mm. And tarot is more like specific symbols that have already been pre assigned, whereas Oracle is more like depending on like the interpreter, which is the person that's I'm pulling for, um, as well as myself, if I can get to know them a little bit and like maybe what it is that they're going through. But I feel like what's nice is that it's always good to see where the mind goes, regardless if you believe in terror or not. Yeah. Like it's always fascinating to see what your mind is thinking about and how it relates to circumstances in your life. So that's smart. I love pulling them also because they can be really beautiful and just simple. And I think we overthink a lot in our heads. And so when you can pull a card and just kind of get down to the basics of like kind of core things, whether it's something that's really beautiful about yourself or even something that you can like, Oh yeah, I do want to do that a little bit better. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. the cards call you out and you're like, that's what happened to my best friend on that live. She oh, was really? like, oh. Oh. Oh.
3: oh, literally. <laughs> oh my gosh.
4: Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm just gonna cut the deck in three piles. If you were here, I would have you do it, but since you're not, I'm doing it for you. Oh, okay. And immediately That's a card right. fell out, oh. which is kind of fun. The elephant oh. is your card. So let's read it. This is a fire card. So these are um, animals of the desert and grasslands. Oh. What's also nice is the elephant. I just know this from years of doing these. The elephant is also just a very spiritually in tune and awakened creature. Yeah. So it says unstoppable, auspicious, wise. The elephant is arguably the most auspicious figure in the deck. Like Ganesh, the elephant represents immense wisdom as well as good fortune. It is said that the great elephant is the destroyer of obstacles. So if this card appears when you feel stuck, rest assured the path will soon become clear. Mm. To add to the mystery, the elephant is also known to create obstacles in order to steer us in the right direction. Trust this gentle, noble creature. It illuminates the way with the light of self-knowledge. When in balance, one-pointed focus, generous, loving... When out of balance misunderstands fate to bring into balance trust. Mm. Do you feel like you resonate more with like the imbalance or the out of balance version of that right now?
3: Well, my first thought was, it's so funny because I've been called an elephant a bunch lately um, by trolls. Um, <laughs> oh <no. laughs> the Also story of my life. Could have been a whale, <laughs> yeah, you know? know. So yeah, uh, either one. Um, <laughs> so I think, I think, wait what was the first one
4: when in balance one pointed focus generous loving when out of balance misunderstands fate mm,
3: probably misunderstands
4: fate right now I'm a little I think, I think so many people are going through that right now like as much as we can
3: yeah
4: I think we've hit past the the phase of necessarily like COVID craziness of like unknown and I think now we're in the phase of like Wait, what the hell is actually happening? What's going on? Right. Like it's $12 for eggs? It's still, it's still like unearthing. So yeah. I feel like you gotta lean in and trust yourself. Whatever you're yeah. doing, you're on. I'm like in path. a what
2: what's next phase? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. where I'm at right now. I think that's so. literally what that card was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I was literally looking at elephant sanctuaries today. So I just feel like this <laughs> oh. comes a little full circle. I love that.
3: I know. Yeah. Crazy. So how yeah. do you use that in your like? maybe we start at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, sorry. I was like, I demanded an animal card rating. I apologize. <laughs> but I thank you for that. It, it rang true. Um, but so how did you go? How did you get into self-love coaching?
4: Um, because I, I guess I exist as a woman on this earth. <laughs> um, and everything about my world growing up told me not to like myself, not the way that I looked, not to like the way that I looked, not to like, just who I was, specifically how I looked, I was that was very much not accepted. Yeah. So I feel like so many years of hating myself and starving myself and shaming myself into look a certain way. And then once I got down to a certain weight, the world didn't all of a sudden be like, oh my God, you're beautiful. They just were like, yeah, you look good. You got some more work to do. Right. Like Because <laughs> there's cool. always
2: more to do. Mm-hmm. There's always
4: more to do. You can always be smaller. And so it just like occurred to me like, oh my God, like, what am I doing? What, how am I going to how am I going to live and how am I going to survive truly and like live in this world? And so I think when I hit 30, it was like, I'm so sick of living for other people's standards and views of how they think I should look and be and feel and act. Like, what do I actually want out of this life? Because I'm going to drive myself into the ground even more than I already have. So I, and I also started getting some health challenges and gaining weight. So that was another reason why I panicked being like, what am I going to do? Because I already hated myself at my thinnest Mm -hmm. and now I'm putting on weight. How am I ever going to survive this weight gain and this like health struggle? And yeah, so I just was like, all right, I really got to learn to love what I see in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, like nothing, I'm the one that I hang out with. It doesn't matter what other people think of me. I'm the one that has to sit with myself and, and be present. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just started diving into like healing my own shit, healing my own trauma, figuring out where the self-hatred came from, where the judgment came from, and then giving it back to these people that put it on Mm -hmm. me in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then realizing like I have to help other people do this because it took me a long time and it still is work but i feel like i now have tools
2: for that work right how did you find the tools i mean like did you did you have other people helping you like did you take other self help type classes or have a coach or how did you like i don't know get like dive in
4: yeah i personally feel like brene brown is a prophet mm. <laughs> but i also i i had also gotten into this really bad emotionally abusive friendship which it's so hard to describe to people because a lot of times when they think of abuse and and if you were to like put me in a male female dynamic, it'd be like, oh my gosh, that's absolutely not okay. I'm so sorry. Like, but when I say female and like, it's a friend, people are like, mm. so it was hard. Like, no, no, no. It was abusive. It was emotionally and physically abusive. So I got in this really bad space and I did not recognize myself. I was not okay. I was just like, but I was putting up with it because I would never heard of this outside of, you know, in my mind I'm I'm excusing some mental health issues that she did have, but I'm like, no, it's fine, it's not a big deal. And then finally, I'd have friends that would be like, um, that actually, do you have a do you have a bruise on your chest? Like, is oh your hand God. bleeding? Like, these are not, this is not okay, you know. Right. And it took me five years before I finally got out, but it was because at about four and a half years, I I had to jump into therapy because I was like, I don't know who I am anymore, mm-hmm. and so that started the journey of like looking at myself and it was getting out of that friendship. That's when I started to gain weight and I was like, whoa, whoa, okay, hold on. Like, I, I got to like myself, you know, but it, the journey started with getting in a really, you know, unfortunate situation. And then, cause I would judge my, I would have judged women. I didn't think I would have, but then knowing that I was judging myself so harshly, I'm like, obviously I would judge other women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But now, but I wouldn't judge them if it was a man, I'd be like, well, that happens. I like, think, you know, but I just, I was so harshly judging myself that this was a female, female relationship, a friendship that just got emotionally out of hand. And so, yeah, I went to therapy being like, what am I doing? How did I even get in this place? Like, there's a reason I'm in this situation. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went in there saying, Hey, I don't know if I can, I'm not going to change this person, but I need to change who I am in this relationship to see if this will help because I don't want to lose her as a friend. And then after about seven months going to therapy twice a week, I just started to get out of these bad habits. And I just, after that, I was like, no, this this person does not have the right to be in my life anymore. They've lost they've lost that privilege. And then even just more so things, I just kept reevaluating every, every relationship, all the dynamics in my life of just like, why have I let myself be in such a place of harm? And I realized it's because I hated myself. I didn't think I deserved better. It still stemmed to how I loved myself and the fact that I didn't back then. So it was just... A big chunk of the puzzle and then it it was it started with my soul and then kind of ended with my body and continues with both now
2: it's funny how things kind of like click into place when you start thinking about I don't know it's such a journey like the self-love journey or just like loving your body or whatever um but I feel like for me it was also like a click like a weird thing and then I then you start the journey right it's yeah. like the click yeah, yeah. then you start the journey because I think people think like you have the click and then it's just like you're fine but that's oh. like not how it works yeah. it's sort not of like you have a click and then you're like oh right okay now I can actually like do the work right which takes years
4: <laughs> it does absolutely yeah. does I'm 35 and i am gotten to the point now where like like because I have tools and I know how to Get through it. I still have moments where there's struggle, but I'm able to like take a step back and rely on my trusted people and, and get myself in the in a better space. Versus before, it was just like a never-ending cycle of just self-loathing and self-hatred, mm-hmm. for sure.
3: Which leads to those
2: codependent relationships you were in. So absolutely, yeah, just a whole absolutely.
4: Cycle.
2: Yeah, were you dating during this this whole thing,
4: dude? Yeah, I was, and it's so funny because this is something that I actually just talked about on TikTok. I think. There's like pockets of my life that I can recognize now in dating. And this was during the time that I was dating, but I was dating people I was not attracted to physically. Mm. Part of that was because of how I felt about myself. And I was like, well, they have to deal with the fact that I'm chunky. So I'll, I'll date this guy that I'm absolutely not attracted to. Been there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then, and then I did, a, there was a really great man that I was dating. And, and honestly, like we, we were getting more serious, but I was at the position where I was like, shoot, I, when we're making out, I'm thinking about if there's like a law and order SVU marathon on, like, can I catch Mariska Hargitay on a marathon? I shouldn't be thinking about that while I'm making out with my boyfriend. you know what no. I mean? <laughs> just realizing like, oh, shoot. And it's not even like a, I'm not attracted to men. It's just I wasn't attracted to him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I realized me talking about Mershka Hartate in that moment is probably not the best yeah. scenario. <laughs> but like to each their own, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I but I wasn't attracted to him. But I feel like when we broke up, it was like there was a couple things. And he just said to me at one point, like, I also feel like somebody else is already in your number one spot. Like because I was very open with him about the fact that like I have this friend that's Severely depressed and very manic and sometimes, you know, has suicide ideation that I'm trying to I don't I, I'm afraid if I walk away, something bad will happen. That's mm-hmm. kind of the situation I was constantly put in and And he said, like, I support you. I think what you're doing is really hard and challenging. But at the end of the day, there's nobody that can move into that number one spot because you already have somebody there.
1: yeah,
4: and it was like a good eye-opening moment for me. And then in turn it was also like, well, that's good that that ended because I don't think I'm attracted to you, but I didn't. I didn't quite have that consciously happening when I was dating. It's like anyone that gave me attention, I was like, oh, my gosh, this must be my next boyfriend because they're Thank giving you. me attention. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. yells, You know, all <laughs> <Not> right. <laughs> and now it's like, no, 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 no. You choose. You see if you vibe. You look at a lot of things about this person, not just they're giving me attention.
2: Mm-hmm. That guy. that guy um, sounds really emotionally like mature.
4: He was <laughs> the fact hey, honestly that he, like, like walked away. Such a good man.
2: Like, yeah, that's that's crazy.
4: Yeah, we were we were both definitely like, because I was also emotionally mature, which is another reason why I judged myself so harshly for the situation I found myself in. Mm -hmm. Because I was just like, how is this happening? You know, whereas I'm with a man who had been divorced. And I and even at one point, he's like, I love you more than anyone I've ever loved. And I'm like, I hear you, but I feel like you love the freedom that I give you because we don't know each other that well. How can you really love me more than any, like, Mm -hmm. I believe you, but I also think there's so much more playing into this. And I, I, I I think it's good that you have freedom, but also like, I think there's more to our relationship than just freedom at this moment, you know, and the fact that I had this other situation going on that I fell out of control with, but
2: yeah. Now that you're, you felt like you went through the healing process, do you feel like dating is easier or do you feel like it's still difficult or you just like can see the signs a little bit? A thousand
4: times easier. No, I'm a, I'm a whole different person. I'm the same person to my core, but I value so many things now. And so for me, I like, there's no, there's zero red flags that I put up with. Whereas Mm -hmm. before there'd be like, no, no, absolutely not. Like, especially being single and in a world where I'm been 35 and I've loved my single life. I've been able to travel the world. I've I've established different careers. I've changed careers. I've done public speaking. I've done a lot, I've done so many things that I'm really really grateful for. So now if if a man enters my life, he has to make my life better. Like that yeah. period. Like mm-hmm. you have to make my life better and improve upon it for me to change what I'm doing.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
4: Whereas before I feel like I was also Side note: I know we mentioned the Mormon thing, but I also used to be Mormon. So there was also this <laughs> whole like, I'm supposed to get married. I'm supposed to do this. So there was a whole right. other culture playing into like, oh, I I have to do this. I have to make this work. Which is another reason why I think I was also dating men I wasn't attracted to. It's because it's like, well, I'm I'm getting old. Like I I better get married soon because I need to start popping out babies and and mm-hmm. I have to do these things. And then once my mindset shifted on that, it was like, oh good lord, I'm so actually my life has been so lovely. Like it's a very different perspective mm-hmm. that I have now than I used to have. Yeah. So dating is so much easier because there's freedom. It's about how is this person like, are we making our lives better? Are we bringing out the best in us? You know, is this someone I can see doing life with? Is this someone that I want to bring in humans into the world? And how are we going to raise those humans? Are they going to be good people versus more traditional? Like, okay, well, are we this in our religion? And how do we feel about this? And then before, like with red flags, like, well, I hate that he does this, but like, he's so cute. Like, gosh I think about for what I think the 20s are just the years of red flags I don't know yeah I just so many of my girlfriends too are just like well no like he's great he just like you no know, his he just keeps his family really private like he just doesn't want to introduce <laughs> us you know like
2: mm-hmm. he just doesn't like talking about um anything about his himself like right that's fine <laughs> who cares
4: <laughs> yeah yeah, or like he never asks me about me, but it's because he's like so busy. He's like doing school and yeah. like wait, what? You know, like
0: mm-hmm.
4: that. That that decade is gone. I'm mm-hmm. in a new decade, and I I love myself too. So I also I have a really high standards. Yeah, and I think I've always had them, but I just I didn't love myself enough to like have like the standards the that I have now. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like even right now, I've kind of I've been kind of going on some dates and dating a guy and. And even in the last year, like I, I tend to date really good men. I will say my whole life, I tend to date really good men. And it's interesting because I notice sometimes too, even with girlfriends, if we talk about dating and I bring up a situation, sometimes it's also like they have opinions of like, oh no, that guy is just a fucking player. He does this or he does this. And I'm realizing like, actually, that's not the kind of guy I attract. He's not like that. I think there's other things going on and I tend to be right. Nine times out of 10, this could be a Taurus thing, but I also <laughs> feel like <laughs> Nikki's also- tourist. It's hard to like it, like it's hard to sometimes have conversations with girlfriends because you're gonna attract different guys and you're gonna like different things. Mm-hmm. And I've also learned that as I've gotten older. Like if a girlfriend of mine tells me about a guy, I'm not thinking about is he good enough for me? I'm thinking about like what do you want in what your life? What do
2: you life? want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: You know? Mm-hmm. Same thing for me. Like if I'm talking to a girlfriend of mine, like I'm a little bit more old-fashioned than some of my girlfriends. And so when she's like, oh my gosh, like She says things with love, but I know that she would never date a guy like I date. You know what I mean? Like where he's like opening doors for me and doing certain things or Mm -hmm. things that he says matters to me because he's talking about like things that he wants to do further in his life as a, you know, a dad that like those kind of things perk something for me. But if I have girlfriends that don't want to have kids, of course, that's not going to matter to them. You know what I mean? It's just a different. Yeah. Yeah, Different vibes. Different vibes.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I get that because half the guys Alex even talks to him like, ooh. Not for me, but great mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that sounds good for you. I don't think Absolutely. that's t- that's not a Taurus thing, but always being right nine out of ten times. Definitely yeah, a Taurus. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm.
2: I can't help a, it
4: if it happens.
2: A lot of you guys in my life and Aries and Aries are also like that. So uh, you guys are hard.
4: Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. The guy that I'm dating right now, though is a cancer. And I definitely asked him that on our first date and Taurus and cancer are very compatible. And because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Taurus, but I have a cancer moon. Mm. So I'm very emotional. I can be stubborn Mm. for sure. But especially because of, I will say Taurus innately for sure we're stubborn. You can say that about me, but I think too, because I've had to learn, um, and go through such a healing journey and healing trauma in my life and like working through trial to trauma, I've learned about so much gray area. So I've spent a lot of active, like concentrated energy on learning about gray area. And Taurus tend to think in black and white, but because of my life experience, I now have a lot more room for gray. And because I'm a cancer moon, I'm so emotional and so oversensitive. I'm like a bull, but like a crying bull, like the simplest thing would make me cry at the drop of a hat. So the fact that I'm dating a, a guy that is relatively sensitive as well. He would call himself passionate. And I'm like, okay, it's adorable. You're also sensitive is nice because I like that. You know, passionate. Yeah. That's what he says. He was like, I don't like the word sensitive. And I'm like, but you are. And he was
2: like, no, you're right. I am. But like, I'm also passionate. <laughs> I'm like, You are. So for your coaching and stuff, you bring that in, right? The intuitive. And do you bring in like astrology and stuff too? Um, Only if it matters to the person, okay. especially coming from such a Mormon
4: background. Like mm-hmm. I, I find that my clients are either very religious or formerly religious. A lot of them are formerly Mm -hmm. religious. And then some are, have grown up with like a belief system and like a universe and, and maybe astrology. So with people, it comes in much more naturally. Whereas with other people, it's like, they're just look learning about astrology for the first time. Like my best friend of 16 years, just for the first, we've known each other. I have, I have nannied her little kids that are now 14 years old. She literally just this last year was like, okay, So what's my astrological sign? And I'm like, okay, you're a Pisces. Let's go over this. You know, like Yeah. But I've been looking into it for years mm -hmm, for you. But like, girl, let's talk about it. You know, but like I but that's not something I need to like put onto her, you know, because it doesn't it didn't at that point resonate with her. Yeah. You know, same thing with my coaching clients. It depends. I kind of I try to speak a language that matters to them.
2: Yeah I guess when I saw it I well I'm really into astrology but when I saw that I was like well this makes so much sense to me because like the even the astrologer I see I almost think of her like kind of as a coach because it's not like she's telling you to do this or that but so much of your chart can tell you what your personality is like that Mm -hmm. it feels like such a big part of like I don't know, a- achieving goals and like figuring out how you like react to things. And absolutely. Yeah. So it just makes sense. When I saw that, I was like, oh, the-. it's like a whole self. Yeah. Approach. I tell
4: a lot of my co- like clients, you need to get, like, if you want, if astrology is the thing for them or like human design is coming up more and mm-hmm. more. And I don't know a lot about human design. I'm learning about it myself, but I feel like it's just empowering or your Enneagram or your whatever. It's just empowering for you to know more about yourself. Yeah. And it's not because you fit into that box perfectly. Like I don't no. resonate with every single Taurus meme. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like yeah. I can make jokes about myself, but there are some things that don't resonate and it doesn't mean I need to put myself in that. It's just like, oh, okay. Sometimes 10% of something isn't for me, you know? And so just, but it's empowering when you know a little bit like, wow, is that why I do that? Like,
2: Mm -hmm. well, and especially because that's like how astrology was like positioned to us as like kids. It was sort of like, you're a Pisces and this is what you do and you know, whatever. And I'm reading a magazine and I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm a Pisces, but that's like not how it works. Anyway, Mm -hmm. sorry, we got off on a tangent here. I just, I got really excited.
4: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh man. Okay. But also a big part of your coaching is manifesting. I know you talk a lot about manifesta- manifestation yep. manifestation. You got it, girl. Manifestation. Proud of you. My brain's on Nailed like 75%, it. I think.
4: <laughs> no worries. You know, I do talk about it. It's 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 a piece of it. My belief is I also think it's important for people to be mindful of what they're, what energy they're putting out, what, mm. like where their mind goes again. That's why I think these cards are really beneficial, but like, where is your mind? Cause I have definitely known people that continue to create a lot of chaos or a lot of like hardship in their life, just where their mind is. If they're always the victim of every story that they tell and they continue yep. to like perpetuate that over and over again, they then create their own reality. I've definitely seen people like that. And they're, I would say they're kind of manifesting some of the, the stuff that's happening in their life. Mm. I also am of the belief that like, it's also okay to just live your life, you know? Right. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> it, the, I like recently I've been going through some health things and just finding answers. Finally, I have a doctor that's really working with me and, and I feel empowered, but I'm also dealing with a lot of anger of being gaslit for so many years by the medical community because I'm a plus size woman. Like mm-hmm. that is is infuriating to finally have a doctor. And now we have like actual evidence through so many blood panels and various tests with all the other like bodily things that I've had to do and to have these things come out that like, actually they're way out of balance, or this is actually way. I'm so angry that for eight years I was gaslit. I recently was talking about that with somebody and sharing like the realities of fatigue and how much like I'm I'm bothered by it, but I'm thinking I'm coming out of it and I'm really excited. And somebody was like, just be careful of what you put out into the universe. Because if you keep talking about fatigue, it's just going to come find you again. Mm. And I just thought, no, I don't accept that. Like right. me sharing my journey. And I said to them, I was like, you know what? You're right. Because I'm sharing live. It's not after I've reflected on a situation, but I'm sharing my health journey in the real time. I haven't curated exactly what I'm going to say and how to mm-hmm. say it. But I don't believe in, God, in a God or a universe that's going to bring me or punish me for something that I am just trying to bring awareness to, yeah, that I'm trying to just provide an outlet for and like understanding of like, Hey, you're not crazy. Like if some of you are still in that space where you haven't gotten like the adequate medical help yet, like keep advocating for yourself. Like I don't, that to me is sometimes old school religious training of just like, yeah. God's going to punish you. Sure. Like, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't believe that I'm a relatively positive person. And I work really hard on creating and manifesting good things in my life. But also I don't think that it's bad to talk about sometimes there's shit that happens and it's part of community building and part of awareness and understanding and learning and growing from each other's experiences by sharing that.
3: Mm -hmm. I don't believe God's punishing me for that is that you were excited and you were positive of what you were sharing, saying, I'm coming out of this. And they were like, (laughs) slap on the face. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be excited.
4: (laughs) Good point. Good point. I'm like, yeah, it was really interesting. And they meant nothing. They meant no ill. And I realized I was triggered by that. And so that falls Mm -hmm. upon me, but I just, I just am like, no, I refuse. And I think part of that is just A, being gaslit for so many years in my health and B, having been in a religion that I've left, like, I'm so tired of people telling me how God or the universe is going to treat me. Mm -hmm. You don't know me and you don't know my God. Get out of my business. Get up out of my business. Mm -hmm. I can't. Mm -hmm. Man, you're
2: so right. Yeah,
3: you are. I will say that I very, um, I very much, uh, relate to you on health diagnosis of like having hormonal, hormonal imbalances. You just got like a doctor who finally believed you. I was diagnosed at 12 years old with PCOS. And so I've been dealing with it my entire life. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so I like, it's, it's trouble. It's, it's hard. It's really hard. And like to have anybody take you seriously. So yeah, I'm glad you finally found a doctor who
4: thank you. Me too
3: will do treatment because even if you have the quote diagnosis, some doctors will be like,
4: <laughs> whatever. Yeah. It's interesting. As of right now, I don't still don't have a diagnosis for PCOS. I yeah. am very estrogen dominant, but even my mm-hmm. testosterone is so low. It can't be PCOS yet. Yeah. So it's, but even just dealing with that and the fact that I got sick when I went to Nepal and Zambia within six months of each other, I got sick in both places um, and was sick for a few weeks after, but leveled out. But then just afterwards, like that's when I started giving up meat, just my own health journey. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and then I got, I, I tried getting a colonoscopy. I tried running blood tests. And the last doctor I went to was like, just lose 50 pounds and come back to my office. I promise you all these issues will clear up.
2: Yeah. Oh my God.
4: And, and literally now here I am four years later and I'm like, no, really? Like, and I've researched all this stuff that's happening in other countries and testing that I can do. And like literal fecal transplants that I can do trying to figure it. And finally she was like, no, no, let's just run this test. inside of a lab in Atlanta. Um, and we, it ran like 70 different panels and she was like, um, you have seven foreign bacteria. Like she just went through all this stuff with yeah. my gut health that I knew had happened years ago, but nobody would believe me or and so mm-hmm. it just it exacerbated my hormone issue. And so really just I have cried to her so many times being like, I just can't believe you believe me' And she's like, yeah, you're also your body also told me, not just you, mm-hmm. but like because of what you told me, I knew what tests to run, mm-hmm. and your body is telling me that these things are happening. And so it is crazy to realize like I have lived the last few years just a much slower pace due to just my lack of bandwidth in Mm -hmm. so many ways, And now having my bandwidth like increase is really amazing, but I'm like, oh, I didn't even have to get to this point. And that's, so it's just fascinating. So yes, back to the whole thing about my coaching and manifesting, Yes, (laughs) I do believe in it and it is part of it, but I also am trying to also provide people with balance because again, like I don't, that's the thing whenever, especially because I deal with a lot of formerly religious people, I'm not looking to be their next prophet. That's really, really important to Mm. me. Anything I do in my coaching, I am referring them back to their own power. I'm referring them back to their own knowledge because They're the ones that have the answer to go from, you know, putting their authority into leaders, whatever they, whatever religion they were in to then putting it in me is just repeating the same pattern. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: I'm just a different face. And I'm, and I refuse to do that. So even with manifesting, I'm like, listen, read about it, learn about it. There's books, there's movies, there's all these things. But at the end of the day, just be mindful, put out good things. You'll get good things back. You know, Mm -hmm. think about what you really want to create in your life and put energy toward that or put thoughts toward that. Other than that, live your life.
2: (laughs) Well, I think it's important, too, with manifesting, and I think I heard you say this somewhere, so correct me if I'm wrong, but um, that it's not just about, like, saying your intention and then just, like, sitting there. Like, you have to be doing stuff, too. Like, it's not, like, I say it and then it just, like, comes true. Like, you have to be taking actions towards those things as well. Right. I think it's,
4: I think yes, but I also think when it comes to manifesting 90% of things I manifested have come from my subconscious mind, mm. because what, when you're talking about that, that's goal setting and that's creating, mm. that is creating a life you want. And I think there's a nice, healthy balance of that alongside of manifesting. But for me, like, I'll be honest, like the house that I live in right now, and I had a corporate job that gave me freedom to build and design a house. I was sitting here one day, they had just finished installing the fence in the backyard. It was crazy. And I just had this weird flash to when I was 10 and I was talking with my friends and I was like, one day I'm going to have my own house and I'm going to have my dog. And I'm going to have this like cute little white fence. It was like some, I don't remember why I was like screaming that to these kids. Like Mm -hmm. it was like the thing I was going to have probably because I was being made fun of because we were poor and I was fat. I don't really know, but I just felt like that gave me power in that moment. And so here I am, they're finishing installing a fence and I'm like, Oh, oh my God, I have this white fence here. Like I have these, two. I have these dogs. Oh my God. Like I totally created this. Like not with, the, I, I mean, at 10 years old, I said that and thought that, and it hasn't been on my mind for my entire life. You know, right. it's not like I then, but it was just like, Hey, this opportunity came and I'm so grateful. And I can't believe that it came because I just, I come from a family. Like I was the first one in my immediate family to own a home. Like mm-hmm. my parents never owned a home. My sister hadn't yet, you know, like I was the first one. So it wasn't like something that I grew up, like knowing that's just what you do. That wasn't the common thing, but looking in that moment and going, Oh my gosh, I, I created that, you know, but whereas what you're talking about, I remember getting out of college and being like, Hey, here's your 10 year student loan repayment plan. And I'm like, Nope, I'll pay it in four. I have no idea how I'm going to do that, but I'm not paying this for 10 years. And literally I paid it in four years and one month. And I, uh-huh. but I did work toward that. You know what I'm saying? I had yeah, no yeah, idea yeah. how that was going to happen. And I was open to things that came that I really think the universe and God provided for me. So I did kind of work for that, but I also was just open that I didn't know how that was going to happen. And it happened. Okay.
2: So I it's like a mix there. of yeah. the
3: Delulu is the and yeah, yeah.
4: goal Yeah. Yeah. I would say nice, healthy mix of Delulu is the Salulu, and some goal setting. Absolutely. Okay. Because I, I have a really hard time with people in the world that are like, just think it and create it. And it and it's there yeah. because then people don't get it. And then they're like, what did I do wrong? And it's like, it's right. not a, no, babe. Well, it's it's I think also if like you a timing thing.
2: Push it back to dating because I think like people think that, okay, if I just sit here and I think about the person that I want to be with and it, then it should just like happen. Um, I feel like that's like, you need to do a little bit of both. Too with the goal setting, yeah, totally. And this to Lulu, is the Salulu, and like, I think I also, I don't think there's anything wrong about like writing down like everything that you want or whatever in a partner. I think that's like actually figuring out what you want, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, but I also like they're not gonna just show up on my couch, right? <laughs> if only, if only,
4: yeah. I um, think it's important to also her. be the person that you want to like attract. Like, it was a couple years ago when I met with an astrologer and <laughs> she was. Like, girl, you fancy, like you really like luxurious things. You like being treated like a queen. And to that point, I don't think I would have ever let myself admit that there's a side of my stubbornness that was like, no, I'm an independent bitch. Don't tell me like, I don't want somebody to take care of me. And then I was like, in that moment when she said that, I was like, mm, I do shoot. And so I just thought, how, what, what does that mean for me? How can I start to like relax my bowl in a china shot feeling and just start to embrace the fact that somebody could to come in. I love romance. I love whereas five years ago, I don't think even people in my life would have been like, you like romance? They'd have been like, wow, really? Like because I came off kind of just I had I had a very aggressive energy in a good way. And it was funny and it was out there and it was but it was just a much more aggressive. And now people that know me are like, of course you're romantic, right? Because I've slowly found ways to soften. But like for me, it was like, if I want someone to go out and buy me flowers on a random Tuesday and then pick me up some Pringles because I'm going to start my period, why am I not doing that for myself? So you best believe I went and got myself a nice little arrangement. I went and grabbed me some Pringles, poured myself a bath, lit some candles, like all the romancing that I want. In my mind, I believe that I'm creating space for it by doing it. And I'll allow someone to come in and, and fill that spot. But okay. before that, there was no room for that because I hadn't allowed it.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that.
3: So before you weren't doing doing any of those kind of things for yourself? No. No.
4: No, for me, like a really like incredible, like, wow, splurging treat was like, I might get my nails done. I might get a massage. Um, Those things are now just like a part of my like life. Like that's yeah. just standard. I'm getting my nails done. I'm getting a massage. Cause that's just part of my mental health, like clarity, my body, like mm-hmm. the extras are like, Oh my gosh, I'm actually going to like light candles for myself. When I sit down at dinner by myself, mm-hmm. I'm going to like actually plate my meal and sit down here and play some really cute Glenn Miller on a vinyl record because I'm an old lady. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. yeah. speaking of the golden girls and the golden bachelor, like I really am a golden girl. <laughs> so, like, but if I want someone to do that with me, I have to do that for myself. So, mm-hmm. no, I go above and beyond extras now. Like, I'll buy fancy glasses and put them in there. I'll make a cute little drink cocktail or something, or even a mocktail, depending on how what my vibe is. And I'll put it in a pretty glass. Cause I hope somebody one day is like, oh, I made this drink for you, or I made this for you, yeah. or like, hey, babe, I just ran a bath for you. I already lit some candles, threw in some Epsom salt. Like, thank you, honey.
2: Mm-hmm. I love that.
4: Now it's just an expectation. Yeah. <laughs> so
3: I like it. It's like, it's like you're setting those standards from the start mm-hmm. for yourself. So hopefully, one day somebody does it for you, like with you, even.
4: Yeah. And I will also communicate that. And I like, I'm not shy to do that either. I've already told the guy I'm dating, like, these are my favorite flowers. I really like them. It's also so, like, it's just, part of conversation because I'm not I don't need them to guess it is it's don't get me wrong it's lovely when somebody does it and they don't have to like you don't have to think about it and it's but I also just want to get them I hate the word trained because that implies that there's like
2: well it's tools
4: yeah it's just tools it's I don't like the word trained it's a gross word but just like I would hope that he would tell me things that he wants to be treated with like Mm -hmm. and he's already talked to me about some of those things I'm like okay like absolutely like if when I'm in that bandwidth and we are because we are a long distance at the moment but like yeah of course like but I appreciate that he's communicating that to me because I will happily do that.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I know. We can't expect people to just like know what we're thinking. Mm-mm. No,
4: no. And like, I got like this little present for him the other day. It's nothing crazy. It's Charmin toilet paper <laughs> because he says that's he loves it and favorite. nothing that's, else touches that's his bum.
2: Really fancy toilet paper. You know,
4: really fancy toilet <laughs> paper. So I, when we, we have like a time that we're going to go see each other in a couple weeks. And so I, Mm-hmm. already got some the other day just because I was at the store and I was like oh this would be funny and I thought I'm gonna grab a couple of little things but I've already told him like hey I've started collecting a couple of little things feel free to do the same for me yeah. I love <laughs> me a good gift
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that
4: show me you're thinking about me boo you know what I mean that. like,
2: mm-hmm. that's, like that, that's like that no I love it that's like that girl that was on um tiktok she made a tiktok about um how this guy asked her on a coffee date and she basically was like Um, And I don't think she did this in a rude way, but people were kind of getting blowing up in the comments section being like, hey, like, I'm not really a coffee girl. You you know, it's restaurant week. You could take me to dinner, pick one from this list. And then he picked one and he was like, how about Italian? And she's like, "Okay, you can make a reservation for 7 p.m. Like not like putting the responsibility on him, but like guiding it that Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. I loved that. And I was like, okay, uh, this is amazing. Like, cause she was like, I don't like, I'm not a coffee girl. Meaning Mm -hmm. you have to take me out like that. Those are her standards. You know, Mm -hmm. she's like, you need to take me for a meal. Um, so I feel like she guided it there, but not in a rude way. Like, um, you, I deserve dinner and, you know, making it like this weird thing. Right. It's the same kind of thing. You're just like setting the expectation of like what you would like in a nice way yeah totally nice guidelines yeah i know people were like saying such you know how tiktok is. well
3: in my head i'm like that's a little much for a first like
2: first date demanding i mean we don't know that but we don't know the back but we don't know
3: how that yeah we don't know the backstory
2: right because like you know we get mad on tiktok when people are like giving us shit (laughs) and they don't know every it's like they they know it's also fun and possible it's totally possible to
4: like see a video on TikTok that you like, oh, I don't really agree with that. And like scroll on. Yes. It's crazy. It's amazing Weird how that oh, works. that's possible. I,
3: uh-huh. I like, I just don't know the mindset of people who actually comment like on things that they don't like and that with people that they don't care about or know. And it's just like, why? Like, why give it so much attention?
4: I think about that when I get like fat comments, because my friend asked me, like, do you get a lot of haters? And I said, well, I don't make myself energetically available for it. So I don't get nearly as many as I used to Mm -hmm. because before when you go out publicly on the internet, you kind of, I I, I don't know if you, but I did, I was like, okay, I know the haters will come like, it's just part of life. And I was getting a lot, especially because of the content that I was talking about Mm -hmm. as someone who was LDS or Mormon at the time, but very, very nuanced and very different and very much on the outskirts. And yeah, I got a lot of hate, you know? And then I was like realizing why am I energetically making myself available for that? I turned it off immediately. I was like, nope, I'm no longer available for that. With an instant, it was like I'd get one message, maybe not 80. Like it was a very distinct difference. And so, even now, I feel very blessed as a plus size woman who puts myself out there. Like, I might get one douchebag every other week, maybe, but I don't get a lot because I don't make myself energetically available for it. But it does make me laugh. Like, when you just put a bunch of whale emojis on my (laughs) video and say, You're a whale and a cow and a fat whore, I can't believe you're a life coach. Like, what does that do for you? I really am curious. Like when his screen name is like Pickle Farts or something like that. Like
2: Pickle Farts, <laughs> sir, excuse me. Are you getting a lot out of this? Like what? I feel like I know him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you probably do. <laughs> there's just the same ones going on around all these accounts. They like, are. What? They are. Why I think do this, you care? I don't know. I think, well, there's so many reasons there could be. But I think mm-hmm. they just um, gas each other up. I think it's the, the Reddit chain's. They like, it makes me laugh too. Cause it's just proving our point. Like
4: we are just women in different bodies and aren't necessarily, or haven't been considered beautiful in the standard or the norm. And we're just now showing up beautifully existing, living full lives without shame, without hiding, without any kind of like, we're becoming main character energy. You know what I'm saying? We have mm-hmm. that. And they just show up to like belittle it. And I'm like, you're just proving the point that so many of us are saying,
2: I know <laughs>
4: there's a problem here.
2: I know hundred percent, but how do you do this energy? Shift?
4: <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly. I want you to think about it. Like, like you just, just picture, think about it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I just, I made myself realize when I said, Oh, I know the hate's going to come. I literally was like, I know it's coming. So I was expecting mm. it. And all of a sudden I just sat down and I journaled and I was like, I'm no longer available for trauma dumping. I am not available for people to like be, um, rude or, um, hateful in any way. I'm not available for that kind of energy to come at me. And like, I also set proper boundaries. Like there were times that comments, even from my own community, because again, I was in a, I was talking in a very nuanced way with like Mormons and like non Mormons. And so it was just getting really hateful. And so what I did was I was like, Hey, some of you in this reel, and I was just like, in my stories, I'm like showing the comments. I'm like, you're not being grown adults. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to go in and assess your own behavior. Cause this will not be tolerated here. And anyone that does not assess their behavior will be blocked from this community because we don't need that kind of energy. Don't speak condescendingly to each other. This is a chance for people to learn different sides of a situation. Yeah. And if you want to learn, you can show up here. If you're going to just belittle people. I will kick you out, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to fix your own behavior first. That's like when I started to kind of reel it in and and I, you know, even with my own audience, like especially talking about medical stuff, I'm like, Hey, you guys just, you know, I'm not looking for advice. I'm not looking for 27,000 people to diagnose me at this moment. Mm -hmm. I'm sharing something in real time. It's a little bit vulnerable and I don't always want to do it because I worry what is going to come at me, you know, but like, so I will, sometimes I'll preemptively tell people like, I'm, please don't do this as I'm sharing it. (laughs) Mm. otherwise like in situations where it was kind of like a mixed group i just gave them an opportunity and anyone that didn't assess themselves like block block i i don't worry about blocking people but yeah i just energetically thought of it and was like nope not available for it
2: you should try that next time see what happens yeah
3: i'll journal later
2: you're gonna journal it
3: i'm yeah she said too that's yeah that's journal it
4: also i i also visually picture like i i everyone has cords. Like when you like create relationships, there's like good cords between all of us, but you can also create negative cords. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll just think of myself, especially when we're putting ourselves on the internet, I just think of like a gajillion like little cords, right. Going out, like I'm putting things out there. Sometimes I just visualize myself with like this weird cord attached to like the internet or Instagram. And I just picture myself cutting it like a big ass pair of scissors coming in and cutting it. Like I am putting content out for myself and i'm not attached to anyone because also i lose i like that i'm sure you have also experienced this you lose the meaning in the things that you put out once you put it out there because i can put something out there with a very specific meaning in my heart and when i tell you people take it some way i'm like what i, I, know. What? I know it makes me think about authors and all the books we freaking read in junior high and analyze the shit out of like i guarantee mm-hmm. you those but bo- they didn't mean that yeah no they did not mean that because I <laughs> even as a little content creator here in my little pocket of the internet, I'm like, I didn't mean that at all. What are you talking? Like, what? That's not even the words that I use. Stop reading between. In- There's no lines. I'm just saying what I actually feel. You know, it's a weird. So I think sometimes like I've had to st- put myself energetically to say, well, I'm creating content for myself. If that means I'm the only person that watches and likes it, that's what I'm doing. And if it resonates with other people, great. But that's given me a little bit of freedom to not worry about when things get misinterpreted because I'm like, that is it's crazy how it can take on a life of its own. That's not what you intended.
2: Yeah. Like the bracelets. I feel like that's a good one because like people start going down these avenues where they were like, you're unsafe and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Or, we're like, oh my God. Okay. This is just for fun. Like,
3: <laughs> or with the date one, they completely changed the narrative and said that he yeah. showed up at the bar and he saw me. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Cutting the cord. Mm-hmm. I like it.
4: Yeah. Cut that cord. I like, I like that it. too.
3: Do we jump into any of the Mormon things before we jump? In? Do we talk about that at all?
4: You can choose. I don't care. Okay. I'm happy to, but like if this it just may not resonate with your like podcast audience, yeah. You're like, what the hell is this?
2: <laughs> well, I think some of it does um with a lot of people who have left Christianity. I feel like it's I know it's not the same thing at all, but um it is you know Mormons well, are a bunch of Christians. Right, I know. I just mean like it's a different like leaving is feels different than leaving okay, any church yeah, yeah. is going to feel different sorry i don't For mean sure. it from a like, christianity standpoint i just mean like yeah. any church you leave is going to be different than leaving another church right yeah, um yeah. even like one down the street from the other one um true true you're going to get different hate or whatever um so i think it, it's relevant we had someone on who talked about it so i think it could be no okay i Nick? mean
3: you're you're super int- interested in it too so
2: uh, I mean, I'm just interested in religion in general. I just think it's a very interesting thing. Um, I grew up super Catholic, so um, I think, like, it always intrigues me, like, especially since I don't really practice anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like once I stopped, which was, I don't know, you lose, like, a community, which is sad. And mm-hmm. I that, I think that's, like, the hardest part and why people don't leave those toxic... Like situations, um, yeah. is because they are leaving behind a family.
4: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I joined. I did not grow up religious, and then I joined the LDS or Mormon Church when I was in college. And if people don't know, the reason why people say LDS is the official title is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, also known as Mormons. But mm-hmm. so when someone says LDS, that's what they mean. So I joined the LDS Church when I was in college. And loved it. I had a great experience. It wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. I just, the older I got and the more my own views shifted, I feel like I it didn't align in the same way. Also, I didn't know everything. And I knew I didn't know everything. That also is something that sets me apart from people that grew up in the church that try to leave. It's really hard for them because they feel lied to. Whereas I went into the situation being like, Yeah, I don't have all the answers. Right. I know this much and I'm joining on this much and I feel good about it. And like, and I was swimming deep in the Mormon pool. Like I went on a mission. I served in leadership callings. I I really enjoyed my time there. I just feel like it got to the point where I became so nuanced, right? Where I didn't believe certain things. And I never really had, but it never and I tried to believe certain things where like, oh, I don't think I believe this. So let me try to believe it. And it'd be like, no, that doesn't feel right. Like I tried, mm-hmm. you know, and I was in it for 14 years. It wasn't like a, oh, I just took a little pit stop mm-hmm. here in the Mormon town. Like I was there for a good. Over a decade, <laughs> decade and a half, you know? Totally. And and I, and I just, I, I built a platform on telling people like, Hey, if you're different, if you're nuanced, if you don't believe everything, like there's a place for you. Like I've carved out a little place for myself. Um, and then, and then I was like, shoot, I am like basically on the internet, a captain of a progressive ship, but I want to jump ship and I'm not really sure how to do that. So it was hard. Granted, it's interesting leaving the church for me. My family, no, none of my family was LDS. So that wasn't challenging. My friend circle, because of the work that I had done in my own healing journey, I only had true good people in my life that loved me for me, which means not a single one of my friends left my presence because of leaving, even though more than half my friends are still active. Like it, that was never the basis of our friendship. You know what I mean? So I'm grateful for that. What was hard for me is leaving in front of a public audience and losing 15,000 followers. Yeah. That was for whatever reason, hard. And as much as you want to say like, Oh, I don't care about numbers. And I, I, I try to not care. Watching 15,000 people leave my presence was hard. a challenge, especially because the whole platform, which I still use is hashtag. You can sit with me. I use that from the start and I still use it because mm-hmm. I think it's important that we, as people, as women, as community members, expand our tables. We want to expand where we are. We, we need more perspectives. We need yeah. to see different sides. And so to have a whole community based on you can sit with me and watch all these people be like deuces sorry you don't you know live that life or you don't have that title anymore i'm out yeah and also because my entire like truth be told my entire income was from instagram at that point and so all of a sudden you know having that many people leave it's like what people ask like why does that affect your income but you know like when you're influencing and you're sharing things there's just that many less people purchasing or using your links or whatever right. and then my coaching business i you know I had so many clients and they just, a lot of them did not come back. There was probably over 50 that I had that were LDS that just, which is fine. And I don't, you know, if you want to work with people within your own faith, I, I understand it. So I wasn't, I wasn't angry at it. It was just a hard reality to face that my income became a third of what it was because I left the church publicly and my income all relied on my public platform. Mhm. So,
3: you left the church after you went through your like self love journey and became a coach.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've I was I mean coaching even when I was in the church because again I was primarily helping people realize like your authentic journey and who you are and your relationship with divinity is just between you and God, even though we belong to a church together. Like I would actively say like I don't believe some of these things, you know. But that's mm-hmm. between me and God, you know. And so I, I did. I I had coaches and I had retreats and stuff and I still do retreats. Um, I don't know if I'm going to continue to do them next year just because it's just been a lot and there's a lot going on in my own life that I'm not sure if that's going to work out, but yeah, it's, it was a beautiful journey and I loved it. It just was, everything just kind of took a shift and it was, it's just been a journey. It's just been something to face. It's just Mm -hmm. been part of the
2: experience. Was, do you feel like dating within the church i'm guessing like you mainly dated people that were also lds um okay uh do you feel like that is super different than now dating i don't know if you still dabble in i don't (laughs) okay (laughs) yes or not so like was it really different um or do you feel like better or worse or is it the same
4: um i feel a lot better i think dating in the church was extremely challenging because I, it's a community where most the average like marriage age. And, and I, please note, I said average, which means there's people younger than that. And there's Mm -hmm. people a little bit older than that. But in general, I felt like I had, I struggled with self esteem because of the fact that I was 26, 27, 28, 20, and I was single. Like, I was dating and I had boyfriends occasionally, but like, I never really felt about anyone enough to like get married. Like, that never was like, I also didn't grow up thinking that marriage was the most important thing on the planet, right? I grew up with just a, a, mom, a single mom and who was like, hey, make sure you have a career, make sure you get an education, travel the world, do your thing. Like, you can, you can always get married and have a family, but like, make sure you do you first. So I grew up with that kind of mentality. And then joining a church that is the opposite of just like, no, the most important thing you can do is that. I think it took me a while to wrap my head around that. And then once I was in that, I felt so inadequate that I wasn't doing the thing that everyone said was the most important thing Mm -hmm. for me. And so dating felt very stressful because it was like so much pressure. Like, Mm. am I going to marry this guy on a first date? When like, I don't give a, uh, who, who knows? Mm -hmm. Like, who cares? Like, so I feel like, I I absolutely don't dabble in dating LDS men. I have zero desire. I don't really want to date anyone that is primarily LDS or any high demand religion, like a Seventh-day Adventist. I don't know anything else. It's just, it's a different world. Like when you, people that are high demand religions, when it is so important for you to look, act, be, and feel a certain way and how you, know. you raise your kids, it's a big deal. Yeah. And there's a lot of trauma that can come from growing up that way and unlearning some things when you realize like, hey, maybe this wasn't the healthiest thought for me, you know, caused harm in my life. So I didn't, I don't have any desire to date someone with that background and, or without having healed from the majority of that trauma, like life happens, you're going to have baggage in every relationship, but there's just a lot of particular baggage that comes with that. So dating for me has actually been very easy and very fun. And like, again, I, I still date good guys because in the Mormon world, a lot of people like, Oh, is he a return missionary? Is he a this, or did he get his Eagle Mm -hmm. scout? And I had friends get date raped on on these dates with men that were quote unquote, the best of the best, you know? And I'm like, yeah. those things mean nothing. So even as a Mormon woman who was in my thirties dating, I didn't care about all of the, the things that had yeah, the checklist. I didn't care. I was like, are you a good person? You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't care about your background. I don't care if you were active and they not active. I don't care about any of that. Like, are you a good person? Where's your life headed? But now it's been really nice to date men that are good guys that are just like how do I explain this? Good humans. And I was really yeah. worried about dating in the world because I hadn't done it in a long time. The Mormon world is just very, a lot physically, a lot slower than like, there's no, you don't have sex until marriage. Right. So that world, I was worried to transition into a world that people might have sex on a first date. And I'm, I'm not that girl. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't before I was Mormon and I wasn't while I was Mormon. And I, but I was worried. I was like, I'm not really that girl after I'm Mormon, but people keep telling me like, oh, you should be. And I'm like, mm, that's your own religious drama mm-hmm. pointing my direction. Cause I wasn't that way before, but I learned through these experiences the last few years, like, oh no, no, that's just my own standard and I can have it.
2: Right. And the men right. that I
4: attract respect me, it, it respect my decision. I'm not saying you can absolutely be respected and have sex on a first date. That's absolutely somebody's choice, but it's yeah. just two consenting people in that. Does that make right, sense? Right, yes. Versus me being like, oh, I don't want to be pressured. I don't want to be. And what I just realized is like, I get to be just as myself as I was before mm-hmm. in this way. And I have really dated men that are just really great guys. I really am so thankful the last couple of years of my life that like, I've had nobody pressure me. I've had nobody. That's just not the kind of person I attract. They've all been very respectful and kind and like, Hey, like you go at your pace or Hey, like very, like, let me ask for consent before anything happens. Like just like the best experiences I could have, I've had, and I'm really
2: lucky in that way. I need to start doing some manifesting there apparently <laughs> i'm like you manifested all of that okay. yeah i know what? i'm like there that's not a thing um so we need to be Wait, better about that. really
4: quick just also i'm asking you a question you don't have to put this yeah. can we talk about like sex on this podcast
2: yeah yes we talk about it all the time
4: i would i would i don't, I haven't i i would love to share an experience of like but i just i didn't want to be like yeah, overly share, crude or like no awful.
3: share your yeah. experience
4: Basically, it was really nice because in the warm world, you don't have any kind of physical is called intimacy. the warm world? <laughs> the warm world, yeah. I was swimming deep That's- in that warm pool.
3: That's why everybody gets married so young. Like all these college kids are getting married immediately to have have sex. So they can have sex.
4: And I will have witnessed my friends get married. And then like three years later, like who the hell is this guy? But it's just because they wanted to have sex. But I will say like coming out of that, we're like literally like nothing happened. And people thought I was such a prude. But I think it's just like I had such self-control because I knew I was such a, I am such a sexual goddess that I didn't know what to do with that energy. (laughs) But I will say my first experience, like really doing more with a man was so it was just, I'm so thankful because I was so nervous and I really wanted my sexual goddess energy to show up. But instead it was the girl that was like a lot of people had this experience at 17, 18, 19, where I was like, hi, um, I'm actually not gonna know what to do with any of that if that comes right. out. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know what to do. I don't, I'm not sure. I've always I like remember in seventh grade that you should never touch anything unless you have lube, but I'm not carrying around lube in my pocket. So like I am stressed out of my mind right now. Yeah. And this man was like, okay, no problem are you being serious that you've never seen a dick before? And I'm like, I'm dead serious. I'm so sorry. And he was like, first of all, never apologize. And I will never forget that moment of having a man say to me, first of all, never apologize. And it snapped me into my reality of like, oh yeah, I am a little bit unexperienced. I don't need to translate that to insecure. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I can be inexperienced and be a confident woman and realize like, I'm not experienced. I've spent 15 years in a world that is, I acted a certain way and I don't belong in that world anymore. And I'm trying to figure this out, but I also don't know how to do that. you know. And it was just the, I just have to share this because it was the best experience of like the, my first time, my first interaction, really being intimate with a guy and seeing all these parts of me and being like, can you just move it? Like, what is it? Like, well, how does this, like, I thought you shouldn't do this. And in talking to my sister, it was nice. Cause she said, you know, you just said out loud, everything that girls think Mm -hmm. she's like me, my friends, like your friends, like everything that we all think you just said out loud in this experience. And it was so nice because not only did I say everything out loud and I felt a little bit crazy, but I didn't, I was like, no, no, don't be insecure. Like be confident. You're just inexperienced. It was like so nice because he asked for consent on anything that we did. He was like, don't do anything tonight that you're not comfortable with. Like, and I just, it, it just made me realize like, I absolutely do attract good guys. I I'm glad that I ask questions like in dates and on dates because it, they mean something to me because this situation could have been one where I was made fun of. Right. But I right. absolutely wasn't. It was, it was such a good experience. Not because yes, I had fun, but it was also nice because it was like, I I just can't get over the fact that this man was like, don't do anything you're not comfortable with. Right. Don't you dare <laughs> apologize. Also like, is it okay if I do this? Is, are you okay if I do that? Like, I'm like, are you this man is asking for consent at every turn. And I am here for it. Like, and it just made me realize I wish every woman had that experience yeah. as her first time of like getting to ask questions, getting to be like, what is this? And what's going on? And how do I do this? And I've heard that I shouldn't do this unless I have this. And he's like, no, that's not true. You know? And then I'm able to say like, don't just sit here and let me like fail. Like, let tell me what you want. And so yeah. my sister's like, honestly, it was probably a great experience for him too, because he got exactly what he wanted without mm-hmm. having to feel weird about asking for it. And in turn, you also got exactly what you wanted yep. because I was also confident enough to ask for it to say like, yep, I want that. No, I'm not. No, nah, I can't do that. Like, you know, it was just yeah. nice. And mm-hmm. so I just felt I just I share that because I I know there's all these people that have like shit show dating lives and I have friends like that. And it's for sure. But I also want to say, like, for those of us that feel inexperienced and maybe like less than because of that inexperience, your dating life doesn't have to be a shit show for you to have experience. Yeah. You know? No, I think that's super powerful. Yeah.
3: yeah, so powerful. When you said he was like, don't apologize. I was like, that's the sexiest thing I've ever heard. The
4: sexiest, the biggest turn on. I was like, oh, okay. Thank you for reminding <laughs> me who I am.
3: Just so many people think they're like behind to not like have not having experience. They think they're alone in it. But like the internet has showed us that plus size women, fat women, straight size women, like Everybody's on their own like journey of mm-hmm. when they're going to have a sexual experience or totally. have their first relationship, or you know, I think like we're all we all are on this like timeline, but like there's no timeline,
4: there is no timeline. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: I think most of us think that because we read Cosmo growing up, um, mm. and that I think really mm. screwed i'm saying this about myself i'm like oh my god i haven't given a blow job yet i'm going to college and this is terrifying Um, i grew up with
4: sex in the city same right yeah i was like damn but i'm not samantha and i'm 27 Mm -hmm. like what do i do you
2: know i
3: know i know i know it's crazy I, i was getting my hair done and we were talking about it i was like oh yeah late bloomer i was 24 she goes she was like, I'm actually like envious of that. She goes, because it happened. I had sex way too young. I wish I would have been 24. Like there's everybody Mm -hmm. has their own thing. Totally. They do. I love that. I know. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Thanks. You're welcome. And I hope you are still going on a great sexual journey.
4: It's fun. I will say I love being this age and getting to experience sexual things because I've skipped a lot of things in a good way. Granted, I still am inexperienced, but I've skipped the like, what is my body doing stage? I know what my body's doing. I've skipped the like, I can't really say anything because it's not sexy stage. Nope, fuck that. We're going to say what we mean. Yeah. And so I'm heading into the world where like, I love that. Like I can ask for what I want. I'm, i have had experience doing that for myself and just worlds in the, and so it's really, I'm so thankful that this version of me is showing up in sexual experiences, the version of me that loves myself. And even just the, <laughs> I think about how I was sitting with that man. Like we all know that when our, when our tits are not cute, they look like cow udders, right? They're just like sitting there just like regular old
2: uh-huh. boobs. They really, And I'm do. sitting
4: there literally like pants on but shirt off just like asking questions about this man's penis and we're and i'm just talking to him lights on didn't even occur to me to turn the lights off where i always when i was younger i always just envisioned how that had to happen Mm -hmm. it didn't even cross my mind i'm like a grown adult having a conversation half naked not even caring about what the fact what i looked like it wasn't about that it wasn't like it was just like what is actually going on here can we take a second i just need a beat Mm -hmm. what's happening what do i do what do you do are we cool you're okay with this <laughs> all right great you know like and i'm so thankful that that version of me is the one that showed up yeah i tried not to have the questioning girl show up you know but it was just like no that's it happens it happens and i i needed to have that as my first time to be like i'm not gonna know what to do but can you can we talk about it for a second
2: you know yeah, yeah. and it I mean, worked out was, just fine he probably thought that was cute too i mean like he no, did like, yeah, yeah like
4: because he, he told
2: he was me the, the, the next day person right yeah
4: yeah, he told me the next day. He was like, No, I just thought that was the sweetest. Like he was like, in the best way, like I was just wanted to make sure that you were comfortable. Like that yeah. became my priority after that.
2: Yeah. I'm well, like, you were oh, very because you were very vulnerable and you let him like be like, you know how you were saying you make space, like doing like the baths and everything. It's kind of like you mm. made space for him to be able to like help you figure stuff out too. Oh my gosh,
4: touche. I hadn't even yeah. thought about that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Manifestation.
3: She's really good at it. (laughs) We all got to do it now.
2: Yeah, apparently. Goodness gracious. For real. Well, how can people find you to start coaching with you and like going on this self-love journey? Um, I love it.
4: I'm on Instagram at the Sasha Piton, P-I-T-O-N. I'm also on TikTok. I love TikTok, though, because I'm so not niched there. mm -hmm. Like, I, it's so fun to just put whatever.
3: I feel like you're not niche on Instagram either. Yeah, so I'm
2: <laughs> I don't think so. I was like, well, the first time I found actually, you was you. from a tortilla. The one about. Yeah. Oh, you know, yes.
3: I saw you like so long ago on that too. Like yeah. I had no idea. Like I was like, oh, I've seen so many of these. The
2: generational trauma one. I like when I was like, oh, I've seen her that one on TikTok. But the one about tortillas. I know I sent that to a friend of mine. And then I started. I followed you, I think from that. And then I started seeing all of your coaching stuff. And I was like, okay, because I think I followed you. This is usually what we do at the very beginning. (laughs) So we're doing this backwards, but I think like, um, I saw you, I was like, she's just like this funny plus size queen. Like I got to follow her. And then I started seeing all the other stuff and I was like, okay, complexity. Love this. Yeah. Like we have to have her on.
4: You know, I will say thank you. I I'm not niched as much as I could be, because when I was, I, my account used to be called the Mormon Hippie, and mm-hmm. I was so specifically niched. Like I said, my account went from zero followers to thirty five thousand followers within nine months. I was in the New York Times. I was in like all these news outlets because of my account. I was doing public speaking. It was it was crazy. It was fast. It was hot. It was you know everything exploded. But when I changed my mind. My platform plummeted. Mm -hmm. And so, in rebuilding it, right, because I now have 30,000 followers again after 15,000 left. So, the last year I've had to rebuild that. I have kind of specifically not really niched myself. I still, even as the Mormon hippie, I talked about self love. I talked about knowing yourself, loving yourself, being in tune to who you are, being aligned with God. That's nobody else's business but your own, but very much through the Mormon lens. Mm -hmm. And giving up that lens, I just learned like, while every Instagram coach has told me like, you should really niche down, especially because of the fact that like, I don't even always gear my account or my or my self-love stuff. I don't always gear it to even just plus-size women. Mm-hmm. It is to women that have had things said to them. It is to women that have experienced insecurity. It is to women that know what self-hatred and self-loathing really feels like in the depths of your soul.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And- I keep getting told you need to niche down. You should be for plus size women with like health issues. And I'm like, first of all, mm-hmm. I have health issues right now. That's not my whole life. That's just yeah. like, happen- I'm in a season of that, but like, I'm not going to niche down because I've learned. Cause what happens, what happens if I lose 70 pounds tomorrow,
1: mm-hmm.
4: I'm no longer going to be considered plus size. And once again, my platform will plummet. If I niche so specifically yeah. to that genre, and then I lo- no longer am in that genre. Yeah. And so I, am not really niched. I've been really trying to just focus on be myself, put myself out there, share things that I think resonate and show how I have chosen to like love myself and choose myself and evolve and grow as a person and, and see where that goes because that's
2: super important. Mm -hmm. I'm not niched. I think like anyone's account should be about them as a whole. And like, you are so many layers. Everyone is so many layers. You don't, yeah, I, I know. I hate when Instagram coaches. I mean, I've been doing this too since for seven, eight years, maybe even more. And people are always like, Ooh, yeah. Like you should just focus on food. I'm like, well, I don't, that's not all of me though. Right. Like I like fashion too. And yeah. I like talking about political issues. Like, why can't I do it all? It right. It seems dumb to be like, Oh, I'm just one little thing. especially and you when know, so many people are doing it. Just be, I you. agree.
4: And maybe your growth might be smaller if you will. Like it's not going to be like, yeah, cause my growth is so yeah, it might be slower, mm-hmm. but I would much rather have it be slower and have people that are there for the multifacets of someone Yeah. than to just be there. Cause again, I, I experienced that people were just there for my niche. And even mm-hmm. though they sat at this whole, you can sit with me hashtag platform, the second I like Changed my mind. They're like deuces. Bye. (laughs) It was it was hard. Right. So I don't I don't really I wasn't expecting that tortilla reel to go as crazy as it was. was. So good though. (laughs) I was sitting there eating chips, being like, "How many tortillas did I just eat?" I'm like, "That's probably about 7 I'm like, "Would I ever just eat seven tortillas?" Like, and it was just funny. But like when I say that reel has brought in like four thousand people, it's kind of Mm -hmm. crazy because some of it too like are not people that are there for self love. So I'm I'm sure, and especially recently as I've been reflecting on some religious things, I'm people are leaving. And I'm glad because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to talk about religion. Sometimes I'm going to talk about politics. I'm going to talk about dating. I'm going to talk about random things. I'm going to talk about self-love. I'm going to talk like, because I just think there's so many parts of us and I don't want to just be one. I'm also not into making up some sort of facade of what's online. I don't have
2: time for that. Yeah. No time for that at all. I know anytime I'm like a man follows me from like a food TikTok I make, um, I'm always like, okay, get ready for the period talk. Cause it's coming once mm. a month, you know.
4: Yes, same. I also talk about the period once a month. Yeah,
2: you lose them; they get real freaked out, and I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> maybe you should unpack that.
4: Also, with this influx of um, people, has come like all these men in my DMs. Oh, like mm-hmm. being like, "Hey, beautiful, how are you?" Like, "Hey, gorgeous." I would say I'm here for that, and I really enjoy it. I like the fact oh, that, like, I'm like getting it? this positive attention. It's, I mean, like, I'm, I can delete it. But like, instead of getting like, hey, fat cow, hey, you whore, like, yeah, yeah, I'll take a little bit like, (laughs) hey, you're beautiful. I just wanted to tell you that. Like, and again, like sometimes it's just like, hello, if it's hello, I delete it. But if they put a full sentence in there, I'll respond and be like, thank you so much. I'm seeing someone or thank you so much. I'm just not interested. But like, absolutely. Like, again, I'm open to like positive feedback. I'm open to positive attention. I'd much rather have that than somebody calling me a fat cow. I've had that, been there, done that. Also get creative. Kids on the playground used to say that to me, but they put their faces with their insults. Yeah, no. Put a kidding, profile right? picture. Gorilla farts, whatever your name is.
2: Yeah. Pickle farts.
4: Uh pickle farts, that's right. <laughs> stupid. I mean, stupid names
3: too. Like, you're
4: what?
2: Not, you're not
3: at wrong, least that though. one has a name though. Usually <laughs> it's user number one, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, make sure you guys go follow Sasha. Get all the goods.
2: Get all of the layers. Yes.
4: Oh my gosh, thank you.
2: At the end of every
3: episode, we say bye together. Do you want to say bye with us? It's yes, really I do. easy. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. bye. Follow along with us on Instagram and TikTok at Swipe Bat.
2: And if you're not a part of our private Facebook group, join that too. Just search Swipe Bat Podcast. And if you love us, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review.